COVID, suffering. Why don't you stop your false Christian doctrine, you don't preach love but hate Christian, telling someone not to hate his enemy is not love. It is hate. What is your real agenda Christian? There are two types of suffering. One liberates. The other bondage you. The suffering that sets you free is the one that is released through initiation. I don't know how that suffering got into this body. But it is there. The other suffering is the Christian suffering, is bondage to matter. If you read all the stories you will see that all those who have been awakened no longer have this suffering. I don't know where it went, but it is no longer there. Good. I would also like to add if I could real quickly, that there's a, and it may be semantics for a lot of people in here, but at least for me, it's extremely important. I think that it's very necessary to be cautious with the kind of words that we use. This cure word is a, is a, a silly notion that feeds us all into a path along what Carrie was referring to um, earlier when he was discussing, you know, the why, why are you listening to the white coat and you're looking to him to do something. All that we need to be concerned with here is healing. And no more do we talk about healing. We talk about the cure. Be here for the cure. Well, there isn't going to be a cure. There's, there's healing and that's all there is. And I think that we need to be very, very careful with how we've... I spent many, many years of my life trying to find something that was killing me. There wasn't anything there. And in that process, there was no healing occurring. And in that process, there was no healing occurring. And in that process, there was no healing occurring. And in that process, there was no healing occurring. And in that process, there was no healing occurring. And in that process, there was no healing occurring. Christianism is a false doctrine of hate and suffering. That's how powerful our brain is, it can make believe anything, but this is our brain meaning we are the ones who are delusional. We are the ones who are delusional. That's why all the mystics, prophets, pointed out the fact that it's not true. Living in suffering is not a necessity, suffering is a necessity at one time in the process to get out of one's head, initiation. Once awake suffering is no longer there. The problem is the mental state we are in creates problems in the body. To give a concrete example, tensions accumulate in parts of the body without being aware of them. I remember that in me there was a part of the body so tense that when I massaged that area to resolve the tension, the whole lymphatic system that was blocked in that area was unblocked. This means that for months the lymphatic system had not irrigated the part of the body that was after that knot. People are not aware of the mental power that we humans have. Which mystics, philosophers, prophets have been pointing to for thousands of years. And what constitute the esoteric science hidden and covered by a false doctrine of suffering of religions? This corresponds to the lesser mysteries and greater mysteries, related to antiquity. A part of the population adheres to the lesser mysteries, which corresponds to religion today. And corresponds to servitude to matter. Voluntary servitude to matter. The greater mysteries are the other part. And the access to spirit. I will not elaborate any further. Knowing that spirit does not take part in the world, in human affairs, there is therefore no positivity or negativity in spirit. If you make an effort of concentration, you will see that there is a part of you that is unaffected by life, it is the spirit. It is this that must be reached during initiation. To get used to spirit. It is only a part of you. It's not separate from you, it is a part of functioning. Spirit is cold and Christians don't like it. Hence their hatred for it. Christians hide the esoteric content of religious texts, they know what's inside. But prefer the pleasure they get from suffering. No religion is there for your salvation. Only you, are the only one who can awaken yourself. And walk in parallel with spirit implies to be against everything, against the world as the modern world is religious. 
To be free is to be responsible for no one. This is the opposite of the Christian propaganda machine. The plebs, the lower classes will always ask for suffering. Which is their mode of transfiguration. It is not right or wrong, it's just what it is. Christianism, universalism, communism, will always be their mode of expression, suffering and servitude to matter. I have he often said, as long as there is no elite in the West, West can only fall back to that paradigm. The elite seeks and achieves transfiguration, from above, from spirit. The spirit is the Alpha and the Omega, meaning there is no in-between within the spirit. The masses are always trying to destroy the elite, that is their role. As the role of the elite is to limit, to channel, the masses, to dominate them. The problem is that we do not produce elites anymore. We produce false priests preaching a false doctrine, suffering servitude to matter, Christianism, all religions of Abrahamism. No more awake people, no more initiated people. And as long as this is the case, West will continue to reproduce collectivism, which is enslavement to matter. We could begin by, with Brexit, and um, <clears throat> which is uh, w what I felt about that is irrelevant. But what I noticed was that there was a lot of trickery going on um, politically, and uh, and I became uh, uh, suspicious about the way the, gun the government was handling everything and deceit. And, and I'm I've got a good. Uh, Oh, well, I think I have got a good deceit, you know, like a bullshit radar. And uh, and I, I just saw there's something wrong, and it's getting wronger all the time. And, and, and by the time the virus came along, it was clearly chaos. Uh, and there were some really dodgy people that I thought were running the country. So the, when that started, um, I, I didn't really know like any of us probably, what what was going to happen next. But I did manage to uh, see some, when, when the earliest part of the lockdown was going on, I saw some alternative data, which was sent to me uh, on YouTube, a guy called Ivor Cummings, who was showing really what could be happening. And, and it was, I liked his delivery because it was it was slightly mocking, but it wasn't aggressive. It was just this is this is more like it, you know. So believe what you will, kind of thing. And from that, I discovered some other people who were offering alternative to solutions to what was going to happen, what was happening, what was going to happen. And they were the Barrington uh, group. So uh, I was because Sunitra Gupta was much more visible then, and the other guys were in America, I suppose. I watched her a lot and I listened and I thought that's everything they said made absolute sense. So I got went online, I signed on the petition and everything and uh, and tried to follow that rhetoric as much as I could. And, uh, and, and, and the more I got into that, the more I realized I was distancing myself and that actually not only from the government, but from the rest of the public too. So whenever I spoke about the possibility of uh, focus protection, which was different to her, because I think when they first talked about herd immunity and they added on, I think it was Boris's early press conference, then we may lose some loved ones. And I think that, woof, that's where it all fell through. And I think people, I, I think it wasn't more than 24 hours before they did the U-turn, because I think public, um, the public response must have been massive. Uh, but nevertheless, that's what I believe we were capable of as a society, and that's what we've always done. 
So I followed that path and until they disappeared. And, uh, and then I thought, well, who do, who do I? I've got this, it's all intuitive for me. I don't really know what else to go on. I'm not really a scholar. I don't know anything about sociology, <clears throat> science. I'm a musician, so uh, but I but I did realize that I was I was setting out to do a world tour. I had to cancel a year's work immediately because there was no leaving it to the last minute. Tickets were were about to be sold, which, from a selfish point of view, um, is devastating because I'm of an age now where I don't know how long my faculties will go on. So I was really looking at from selfishly to begin with. Then I realized actually there's. There's a, there's a spiritual point to this is that we don't, we heal, you know, proper old school people. We don't lip sync. We play and we play for that crowd. We, we and there's something that, something that happens when you put a great musician or someone who knows what they're doing in front of people who need support or just to have pleasure or joy. And, uh, we figure out what it is and we give it to them and people leave and renewed and uh, and i need i need that too so i was really uh, uh devastated then i heard that van i got um word from uh, from from a friend that he was trying to do live gigs and he was trying to and he was outwardly i mean speaking against the government policies and everything and i mean I think a lot of things happened in between. We had the summer and uh, I went away and I thought quite strongly about p taking my family away from England. We'd go and live somewhere else and start somewhere else. My wife is American and uh, we could go there, but the rhetoric there was even worse in, in some respect because it was all tied in with Trump. And the minute I began to say anything about the lockdown here, and my concerns, uh, I was labeled as a Trump supporter in America and uh, I got some pretty heavy feedback. When it came to the beginning of this year and, 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 and the, the Barrington guys were talking about the vaccine as being the, the deal breaker, you know, and I thought, okay, I'm not, I don't like, I have a terrible fear of needles. I hate needles. I don't want to be, and I don't even like blood samples, you know, anything like that. Um, but I believed them. I followed that that path. And when they started to talk about rolling out the vaccine, I smelled a rat again. You know, the, just the way this, the the focus was on this, and there was a race, and then it became political and national. And uh, I thought, here we go again. It's the same old shit. But I was diagnosed with emphysema um, a couple of years ago, and I thought, well, I fit that bracket. That's pretty vulnerable. I mean, I'm over. I'm 76. And if, if, I, if, if there is such a thing as this, and we didn't know anybody, you know, where I lived, there was nobody that we could, even friends of friends of friends were. Um, it was thin on the ground. I thought, well, I ought to have this vaccination for my kids, you know, just to, so that I don't, I don't want to drop dead on them or I don't want, to, I don't want them to lose me. I don't want to lose them. It, it, all these, the, the normal natural responses, I think. And, uh, and then so I, I went and I got the notification, you can come and get, and I was holding out for AstraZeneca because it came from Oxford. <laughs> and so, you know, the, and I'm pretty naive about this stuff. And I thought, well, that's good. And also I'd heard that it was old school uh, method of inoculation. Uh, 
And I, t and, I t and I went and had the jab, and I got a little green, like a library card, and I thought, well, that's, that's what I'm going to show the people when I get on the plane. <laughs> it's, so um, there's a lot of funny stuff about it. And, and within, a, within several hours, I was shaking like a leaf, and uh, I went to bed early, and I couldn't get warm, and I, did, and I thought, I'm running, am I running a fever? I was boiling hot and sweating, and then I was cold. And I had I, I was out for the count for about a week, and and I had been preparing for um, a project where I was going to be playing acoustic guitar with a couple of musicians, and we were going to film it. That week knocked knocked me out, and I had to start again from scratch. And uh, and I was okay, uh, but but it wasn't it didn't come off as well as I would like to. Because I would professionally, it, I was it was a huge setback. And it frightened the shit out of me because I didn't know how long it would last. I then started to find out more. And it was about that time that I ran into somebody. So I said, well, here's my number. We stopped, swapped numbers. He was on Telegram. So I contacted him and he told me about a, a channel where I could find uh, lots of information and a lot of support. And so I, I logged on to that. There's a chap called Robin Minotti who, who runs a channel and it's for anybody that's concerned or is looking from, in my case, looking for support. For me, I'd felt so alone up until that point. I really couldn't talk to my family and my kids, my teenagers were, it seemed like they'd been brainwashed. And, and there was a lot of that kind of going on from, from other um, protests that were happening earlier. They were really, it was the first time I'd seen my kids passionate about anything. And I thought it was great, but I was being ostracized. Uh, and, and I could feel that everywhere. I could feel alienation because I held a different view. So I was trying to uh, keep my mouth shut, but I did, I was following the channel avidly. And bit by bit, I realized that I, I probably shouldn't have had the first jab, but then I was offered the second. And I thought, well, what have I got? What's the point in, you know, stopping now? So I went and had the second and that, and then it got really bad. And I, within about a week, I had lost, my hands didn't really work. They were, I suffer from a condition already called peripheral neuropathy, which is nerve damage pain, really which means that, you know, I can get numb or pins and needles. When I had the second jab, that was, it's, and they do say that condition, by the way, is progressive and it's incurable. So I had expected it to be, it's manageable. I expected it to be something that would gradually grow worse as I got older into my 80s or whatever. But always, you know, it could get some ice pack or whatever, it would be fine. This went ramped up from on a scale of 10, say, from three to eight or nine. Agony and uh, chronic pain is not, you know, it, when you know that the, the nothing will work, there's no medication you can take that will, will help, um, is very, very frightening. And the worst thing is you don't know when it's going to uh, wear off or when it's going to go away. So that that was... You know, that, that, that was what frightened me the most medically, health-wise. And it still does because I, you know, I have gigs to do, I have recording work to do, but I can't, I mean, to, to touch the guitar, to play the guitar, 
it's not fun and it's something I do, you know, then I, when I put it down, it's there until I go to bed and I take sleeping bills because I can't sleep because of the pain. And that's not, it's not a good way to live. But, um, and it's not all due to the vaccine, but the vaccine took my immune system and just shook it around again. And that's still going on. So, and that's, then I read, you know, a lot of the evidence that I had been reading about with people that were having adverse reaction. That was on the list was, you know, uh, damage to the immune system. Do you feel like you were made aware of those risks beforehand? Oh, God, no. God, no. I didn't even know there was a yellow card report. I didn't know there was any such thing. My doctor said, oh, you should... My, my GP here in London uh, said, because I had to get it done on an NHS with an NHS doctor that I've known too from in the country for a long time. He didn't say anything. They gave me a leaflet for the first jab, which I didn't really look at, but um, they didn't say anything about adverse reactions. They do say you might feel a bit sore, or, you know, like you'd say for a, but they did say also they're safe. You know, it's effective and safe. And uh, I called my uh, doc, the NHS doctor after the second jab, and I said, I've been told there's a yellow card system where I can complain about, um, after effects, he said, yes, have you, they still go, because I told them about, and he said, well, I'll, I'll fill in the, uh, the, the report and send it. I never saw, yeah, look, I mean, that apparently, that stays with the doctor, but I didn't, you know, that stuff was not made known. I lost the use of my hands uh, for about three weeks, so I thought I was um, in real trouble. Uh, and that's about that point, I just, uh, I was invited by Robin Minotti to talk about it because, it, and it was easy um, to say yes because I, I, I realized that, that I may, I'm definitely, by then I realized I wasn't the only one that was suffering adverse reactions. And, uh, and, and, and you know, I, I wear, I can't touch anything cold or hot. I have to use these, otherwise my hands will begin to burn and they'll stay burnt all day. Whether or not I'm, I have gigs to do in the autumn, I know maybe vitamin D will help. Uh, there's not much else that does do anything other than being really careful. And that, you know, that, that's my experience from having had the second jab. And, 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 and I went to my doctor pretty quickly and said, you know, the, the, I can't have any more vaccinations. This is, this is not possible for me because I don't know what will happen. I don't know what will happen next. And from what I read and from what I've been told, uh, th there would be a booster in the autumn. And I said, I have to have a document that says uh, I can't, I'm allergic. I can't have COVID vaccine, which I have in my backpack next door. And, um, I can't play to uh, people that only have vaccine passports. I can't play to people that only follow, you know, that are anti-vaccination. There has to be a way to bring people together. I believe music can do that, uh, but it's a long way away. And, uh, and, and maybe that's good because uh, there's still time, I believe, for us to come together. What happened with me and Van was he, he sent me some songs and I recorded uh, one called Stand and Deliver. When that came out in America, well, it came off his website, really. 
That's what people, that's when I took, I, the, the, the flack I got, I didn't understand. And I was trying to say, well, this is, this was against the UK government. I don't know what's going on over. Van, he's going to plow right on. When I heard the next couple of things that he put out, I thought, my God, this man is fearless. And I would love to be fearless, but I'm not, I, I'm really, you know, I've, I've caught this anxiety syndrome. I have it bad. And uh, I don't have it as bad as I had maybe two or three weeks ago when I was devoutly following the six o'clock and the 10 o'clock news or talk radio or trying to get, find someone who's speaking a language that I can uh, identify with. Um, and But now I've stopped watching TV. One of the cartoons was a, a little drawing of a, a guy interviewing two Quakers and saying, how come none of your community has got COVID? And they said, well, we don't watch TV. <laughs> it, it's so true, man. There's so much of the sickness is, is in, in our heads now. Uh, we, we, we become weak, you know. If, if we're talking about freedom of speech, freedom of movement, freedom of choice with the vaccine, for instance, then um, the opposite of that is what we're experiencing. If, if you take that away, what we're experiencing that disturbs me most is coercion. And I had said to my friend, the doctor, my, my doctor, I said, do, do you think this vaccine thing's ever going to become mandatory? He said, ridiculous, ridiculous. They could never pull shut. I mean, they'd never pull that off. Well... I got a funny feeling, you know, and uh, bit by bit, it's it's that, and to see uh, celebrities, especially what really got me was ethnic minority celebrities guilt tripping their own community. That broke my fucking heart and made me so angry. I have a lot of friends in that part of the world, and uh, to see them preyed on like that, it is it's just. So there we step, that's where it steps into sadism for me, the, the photographs of the people on buses with masks on saying, don't let their sacrifice be in vain. Phew, that's bad, that's bad. It's, that's it's very dark, it's very dark. It's victimization is what it is. I was reading 1984 all through this and, uh, and there's something he says, he says, how do you have full control over people? And he said, fear. He said, no, not fear. Suffering is how you get full control over people. And that's what it's come to. Uh, but it, it, it's psychological suffering, but it amounts to the same thing. And I, I, I experience it. I mean, you get caught in the trap. Well, can you believe what your heart tells you is right? Or is it, go, is it going against the, the narrative? Can I talk to, about how I feel to my family? Man, it uh, doesn't get riskier than that. When I made that little statement, I was pleased to see that it went around without too much flack. I did get some flack from the people I least wanted to get flack from. The, and, uh, but, but that fed, you know, I, I get it. Does that bring me back to what do I do if I go to play for an audience do I say, mm, I'm not playing to you lot, you've had the jab. Uh, and, 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 and to be honest, and most of my audience will be comprised of, you know, 60 year olds and, and older. And if those people haven't had the, I mean, I don't know how they will have held out. You know, the, um, 
So that that has to be something that is acknowledged, forgiven, whatever. I don't think it's like an act of of betrayal. I was I was asked to do a private gig in the Caribbean after after not playing for a long time, and I was in bad shape, recovering from the second jab, and I had to fill in this government questionnaire because I was going to work again and. Uh, and at some point during this, I had my phone and uh, my assistant was showing me how to do it on his, my laptop. And on my phone, this app appeared and it said, DigiID. And I thought, what the fuck? They can't do that. You can't make me buy an app, the government app. And I deleted it. But that's, then I thought, now this is, this is where it's going to stop. Uh, and I, that's what Van says. This has got to stop. And I, I agree. I agree it's got to stop. But where's it coming from? Why aren't more people fear. speaking out? Fear. Of what? Reprisal. You know, I, 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 I've been around a long time. And, and, and the people that I would probably come to see me play will come to see me play. They've seen me play drunk, they've seen me play sober, they've seen me do irrational things, behave badly, and uh, they come for another reason. So I'm quite secure. They can, um, my, my fear is about what will they do to my children? My fear, my fear about vaccination is what will it do to my children? Part of the reason, maybe the biggest part of the reason why I'm talking here, here today with you, and, and that is... You know, they may go ahead. I, there's no way I can stop them once they've turned 18. That's their choice. I think they see it as a, as a short-term problem. That, um, that if they want to go to the med or they want to go to a, another country, there's something to do. You, you just got to do that to get it, get clearance. They don't, I don't think they, you know, for, to, to, to talk to my daughters about they may not be able to have kids, they don't probably care. You know, at that point in time of your life, it's not an issue. Oh, the, I, I, uh, yeah, that's one of the risks I take by doing this is that, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna look at me like, why don't you just keep your mouth shut down? I tell you, the best bit about it for me is that I might be becoming a nuisance for those guys. I'd love to be an annoyance to some of them. <laughs> Let's sit around that table. That would give me tremendous satisfaction, but my my greatest fear is what will happen to my kids. So I, mean, I don't want to lose their trust and love, you know. The trick they they got together with their with the propaganda was making it so that you're responsible for other people's lives. So you're I can, I can be labelled a murderer, uh, and people would really believe that. That's powerful. It's very clever. I don't know what it will take. I, I, I agree that it would, there would be. I, I've tried to reach out to fellow musicians. Sometimes uh, they don't. I just don't hear from them anymore. I, my phone doesn't ring very often. I don't get that many texts and emails anymore. It's it's quite noticeable, you know. So you noticed that since you started speaking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Association. But then again, on the other hand, you know, there are a lot of people on Robin's channel who've been incredibly kind and supportive and uh and it, you know they, they they make me out to be a little 
bit of a hero behind Mike and Van, mind you, well behind. 